ETH versus ETH 2.0. Dragon, what is all this nonsense? We are on the verge of the merge. Let's make it simple. NFTs are changing the world, and change can feel complicated and scary. But listen, you don't need a computer science degree. You don't need to learn how to code. You just need practical skills to win. If you are here, you are in the 1% of humans that are preparing for this major cultural shift. We're going to keep it fun. We're going to keep it light. We're going to make it practical. Welcome to NFTs Made Simple. Just a reminder, we are not financial advisors. This is not financial advice. and You should do your own research. Hey, let's get into it. All right, so Dragon, huge, huge change on one of the biggest blockchains out there, the Ethereum blockchain. We're hearing a lot of hype happening in September. We're going to be seeing a merge of Ethereum, the OG, and Ethereum 2.0. And I think in this episode, what we really want to do is cover what the differences are, why it's important to you as an Ethereum holder, as an NFT holder, what some of the misconceptions are, and what you need to do to make sure that this is a smooth transition for you and your hard-earned Ethereum. So, Dragon, why don't we start by just kind of talking about what Ethereum 2.0 is, what Ethereum is, and what the differences are. Why don't we start there? Yeah, and I have to just acknowledge the fact that when I said merge, I felt like Donald Trump for some reason. Merge. The merge. <laughs> We're going to merge him. It's um, going to be great. It's going to be huge. Yeah. What a long straight trip it's been for us and NFTs made simple and God, we just like know stuff now. It's been a pretty cool ride. So it's been fun to learn about this. And I remember the first time we started investing in crypto and purchasing some NFTs. And then we learned about all these terms that we started off the first 10 episodes. And one of them was we got into gas fees and we learned that ETH was bad for the environment and all that stuff. Funny story, actually, I just want to say that, which by the way, if some of the words we're using here today, you can always listen to those first 10 episodes. I'll get you caught up. But one of the, one of my team members who I was assigned to you, because I run a podcast agency, I assigned him to be doing all the copywriting and helping with the production. He didn't want to do it for this show because he thought he had this conception that the blockchain and crypto was going to kill the environment and ruin the world. So I think, I think that that's one of the reasons why this merge is so interesting. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. Yeah. yeah, No, I mean, and and I remember one of our first guests who was just this young entrepreneur who was full-time working with NFTs. I remember hearing him for the first time talk about how his generation prefers to use Solana based NFT interactions over ETH because it's bad for the environment. And I remember back then we used to be like, yeah, yeah, we think that too, but we didn't know what the hell we were talking about. So that's when we started learning about the concept of things like Bitcoin and Ethereum. And you hear about all these people that are doing art that are miners, right? And that sits in the realm of proof of work. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But there was talk about, because Ethereum was there to stay. I mean, you saw Gary V jump on it. And obviously it went up to like 4,800. It's dipped now because everything has dipped in this winter, but it, Ethereum's not going anywhere. It's obviously a big thing. So we started hearing more and more talk about this concept of the next evolution of it, which would be called ETH 2.0, where it would move from this proof of work, we require all these miners to something called proof of stake. Now, I personally own some cryptocurrencies that 
I have staked. So I understand the concept of staking. But what we're seeing is that when this merge takes place, it's supposed to reduce the energy expenditure by like something like 90%, right? It's like 99.95%. And the reason for that, I just want to kind of clarify a couple of these definitions here. Ethereum, the original, is built on that proof of work platform, which means in order for a new block to be added to the chain, thousands, hundreds of thousands of miners out there have their graphic cards running 24 7 365 to solve these cryptographic problems and running graphic cards is hot it's energy intensive and so one of the that's one of the bigger problems with ethereum it's basically it's consuming massive amounts of energy which clearly is a really important topic in the world right now how do we power the how do we keep the lights on how do we keep the ac going but ethereum 2.0 shifts from having to do all of these calculations and running all this energy. So it's we're shifting from a proof of work with Ethereum to a proof of stake with Ethereum 2.0. So I just want to briefly explain what Ethereum, what proof of stake means. Proof of stake basically means that you as an Ethereum holder, me as an Ethereum holder say, I'm not going to use this Ethereum. I'm not going to touch it. I'm just going to sit it. I'm going to freeze it in the blockchain. I'm staking, I'm putting my Ethereum on the blockchain to stake it so that these miners, these coders, they don't have to solve that problem. It's already frozen. And so the benefit is it dramatically reduces the amount of energy consumption, like you said, down from, down about 99.9%. Let me just give you a little, I've got this cool thing queued up about how much energy, just to give the person that doesn't know a little bit of understanding there. And also, I just want to say on the side that every time you say steak, I get hungry. I like a good steak right now. So the question is how much energy does crypto use, right? Like why is this important? Lots and lots of energy. So it says here, this is from CNET and we'll put the links in the description. Bitcoin is estimated to consume about 150 terawatt hours a year, which is more electricity. So just think about this. This is for a cryptocurrency. That's more electricity than 45 million people use in Argentina. Now, Ethereum, which is smaller than Bitcoin, but still massive, is closer to Switzerland's 9 million citizens, eating up about 62 million terawatt hours. So just to give you an idea, if you have not engaged in cryptocurrency and NFTs and all that stuff, you might have heard about gas fees, especially if you follow our show. But like, we're not just talking about like uh, plugging your laptop in. We're talking about like something that is having an impact on the environment. So this is serious. This, something has to be done because the forecast of cryptocurrency and NFTs requires that they get this right. So this is a massive shift. Yeah, we need to reduce energy consumption. And but you had mentioned earlier before we started recording Dragon that this was actually part of the plan from the from day one. Ethereum wasn't just like we're going to do this proof of work and consume massive amounts of terawatt power. This was actually part of the plan that they're going to move from the proof of work to this proof of stake in Ethereum 2.0. And I think that it's good. There's several other things that are lined up in the future for Ethereum, but today we're going to focus on this merge because I think it's really important because it's happening very, very soon. In September, the merge is scheduled to happen. So we want you to walk away from this episode knowing, okay, this is what I have to do with my Ethereum. This is what I have to worry about. This is what I don't have to worry about so that your Ethereum is safe, so that your NFTs are safe, right? So 
I think there's a couple key points, right? None of the history of Ethereum is going to be lost in this transit transition. Any transaction can, that you've you had purchasing or selling NFTs, it's locked into the blockchain, yeah. baby. It ain't going mm -hmm. anywhere. So we can be, I mean, 99.999999% sure that your NFTs, you don't need to like sell your NFTs or transition them to your hard wallet or your cold wallet or none of that needs to happen. It's all going to be locked into the blockchain, yep. right? So I think that's important. As, as a matter of fact, and once again, and you hear this in our intro every day where this is not financial advice, right? We're not financial advisors, right? We're not experts, but... B-U-T, I'm going to bring my butt into this. Hypothetically, I know that we're in a winter right now, but if you go back and look at the day that they announced the merge, you saw an uptick in Ethereum. So there's two trains of thought here because Mark is telling you right now, you don't have to worry about your Ethereum. It's going to be safe, right? But the question that a lot of people are asking us, is this a good time to buy? It's so low. And when the merge happens, roughly September, somebody said September 19th, but let's just say it's September. When the merge happens, is that going to boost Ethereum? Would this be a great time to buy? So there, that's one train of thought. The other train of thought is that you can go back and see that they've been working on this from since 2014. And I actually read somewhere that they claim that if they did transfer it right now, if they merged right now, they said it's ready and it's working. So the other train of thought as far as investing now for a boost is that all the big shots have already hedged for that increase. So hypothetically, what they're saying is that if they did not have the merge pending, Ethereum would be much, much further down right now. So those are just two trains of thought. So what did I just tell you to do? I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I personally, <clears throat> I tend to go in once a month, once every couple of weeks, and I buy some more of the blocks that I believe in, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana. I, I'm not a huge fan of just going in and buying a huge sum of one particular coin at one time because there's just large fluctuations in the market. But for me, I think for you, I'm not in the day trading mode. I'm in, let's buy, let's keep buying these dips. Let's buy a little bit because I fully expect that within five, 10 years, it's going to be worth a lot right. more. And I tend to be very conservative when it comes to investing. And that's why people love us, Mark, because we're dads and we're husbands, man. We're not allowed to do anything but yeah. be conservative. I mean, this, this, our wives will shut this show down. Yeah. Well, I just left my day job that was paying me out a lot of money so I could focus on podcast production. So thank you. Thank you. It's a blessing. I spend more time with people like yourself and our audience here to keep, you know, educating on NFTs and what's happening next. Hey, what's up? Mark here. Just want to take you on a quick break with a resource I think is really going to help you. Some of the concepts that we're covering in the show sound really complicated and really technical. But listen, you don't need to code. You don't need to get a master's degree in computer science. All you need to do is have the right resources. We're going to make it simple. We're going to make it easy. I've got a link below. Go to www.nftsmadesimple.com. That's nftsmadesimple.com. You're going to get a free cheat sheet there. It's 100% free. What are you waiting for? Go get the cheat sheet. It's going to, we're going to break down some of the key definitions in ways that are really practical and really simple. Go to nftsmadesimple.com right now to get your free cheat sheet. That's nftsmadesimple.com. All right, let's get back into the show. So I just want to kind of address this proof of stake thing real quick. Anyone can stake Ethereum. You can 
stake Ethereum. I feel like Oprah, you can stake Ethereum and you can stoke, everyone can stake Ethereum. There is a conception out there that you need at minimum 32 ETH to stake, but there's a lot of platforms that allow you to stake your Ethereum. I started staking Ethereum on Coinbase months and months and months ago. And it's given me a pretty good return on my staked Ethereum to this point. I actually, I haven't been following it super, super closely, but every month I get a message, hey, your Ethereum has delivered this much value to you. So I'm happy with that. The downside though, is that my Ethereum has been staked. I haven't been able to withdraw it. There have been some entities I wanted to buy into, but I couldn't because my ETH was staked on a on the 2.0 beacon. But I think that that's something that I just want to put it out there. If your Ethereum is just sitting in your wallet, not doing anything, staking your Ethereum might be a good way of getting something back. Don't just sit on five, six, 10 Ethereum. It's not doing anything. Consider staking. It's free. You'll get a return back on yeah, your investment. And naturally, the more you stake, the more, the more trust that you're putting in them, the more return you're going to get. As a matter of fact, uh, right now in this proof of work environment, what these miners are doing is they're all basically competing. Like he said, they're, they have their computer on all the time. They're compute, competing to get the proof of work. Once they do get the proof of work, they get paid a certain amount of ETH and that's the win for them. Right. But there's so many people competing for it. So once we're not in the proof of work and we're in the proof of stake, there's at the highest level, there are going to be people that are called validators. So just to give you an example is somebody that vests, I think, I think it's like almost like 48,000 worth of ETH. I don't know the exact number. I'll look it up. But when you're 48 grand worth of ETH in there, um, you're basically a validator and you're going to get the biggest return there. So just naturally, the more risk you take, the more money you can make. 100%. I want to talk a little bit about some of the misconceptions because I think this is important. There's a lot of information going on, going out there. And I think it's important we talk a little bit about this. So one of the problems that people can have with Ethereum is there can be, well, there are high gas fees. When a lot of things are happening and being put on a blockchain at one time, it costs more to put your transaction on the blockchain. And sometimes you might actually spend gas, spend money, spend ETH to put something on the blockchain, but it doesn't even get validated. It doesn't even get put on the blockchain because there's too many transactions. So it's my understanding here that moving to the proof of stake is not going to reduce gas fees. There's still going to be gas fees on the Ethereum blockchain. We'll have to see what kind of innovation happens in the future, but there's still gas fees. It's also my understanding that transactions will still be handled with the same speed. Transactions are not necessarily going to be faster. Okay. So, I mean, in essence, a lot of the same way that the Ethereum blockchain has worked before, it's for impractical purposes, it's still going to work the exact same way. Yeah, transactionally, but I think that that's what the main thing that this merge is bringing is it's going to take that bad guy on the block vibe off of Ethereum. Like, because right now people look at Ethereum as this company, this blockchain is draining one of our most important Burning resources. The world. So I think that probably phase one, but you could be sure that they're working on the transactional component too. I mean, all this stuff that we're excited about with cryptocurrency and NFTs, we just have to remind people. And you, Mark, you always do such a good job of explaining how everybody is pioneers. Like here we are, the merge ETH 2.0, like 10 years from now, we're going to be like, remember that stupid thing, right? I mean, <laughs> think about this. We're talking about a complete shift in currency 
and the idea of digital assets and our kids are primed for it. We've gone over all that stuff. So the truth is that we're just seeing them try to figure it out. But once they have to figure it out because this is going to be everything, right? Everything. And then there's the metaverse. Guess how you spend money on the metaverse, guys? This way. All of this stuff is you're just, it's, it, that's what's exciting for me, Mark, is we're sitting here watching them, these smart dudes, try to figure out things that are going to enable this monster to just let loose, let this dragon fly. So just if you're worried about like your couple grand in, in your ETH and stuff like that, just sit tight because it hasn't even really started yet. Chances are if you own any cryptocurrency right now, you're probably in really good shape long term. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that what Ethereum is doing in segueing to this proof of stake is going to it's going to change a lot. I think it is going to really change the perception that people have of blockchains and the energy consumption. That is, I think, probably been the biggest negative view that people have about Bitcoin and Ethereum specifically is it's taken up too much energy mm. in a time where energy consumption is a really, really hot topic. So I think that by making this change, it's going to it's going to expedite the usage of blockchains, not just big blockchains like this, but smaller companies, I think, are going to start implementing their own blockchains. You're going to see there's going to be so many blockchains out there. And I've been having a lot of conversations about this. We're not going to get into that today. But this move from proof of work, burning up precious energy to proof of stake, it's going to completely, I think, make this type of thing much more mainstream across the board. So some really cool stuff happening here. Any final, th I have a couple of final thoughts and key takeaways. Do you have any key takeaways here, Dragon? Just one other thing, another promising element to this merge that's fun. And look, why are we even talking about this merge? Because ETH is the number two on the block. You know what I mean? It's like Bitcoin and ETH. I don't know what the future holds, but this is a big deal. This is like yeah. America and Russia. You know what I mean? It's like there's when there's a shift that's why we're talking about it but you know one of the things that we also are starting to notice is just the risks associated with cryptocurrency and nfts and we are definitely at more risk with proof of work there's a concept out there called the bad actor right and just like the con artist the person out there that is actually in the business of screwing us. A lot easier for them to work in the proof of work arena. And in fact, they can be one of those people and they can get away with things and there could be bugs and stuff like that. There's gonna be bugs in this new system, but what's cool about the proof of stake is from what I gather, it's gonna be really, really easy to prove that somebody has done something wrong in the proof of stake. And they have the ability, these validators, right? These people that are vested the highest in there, they have the ability, just like they can do it with one another, but they have the ability to identify the bad actor and actually slash their and burn their ETH. So they got a, like a one strike, you're out deal. So when people come into this realm and they do something wrong, they're going to lose, they're going to lose their ETH. Kind of reminds me of a little town in, I believe it's in, I don't know, down South called Kennesaw, where everybody has to have a gun in their house. I don't know if you ever heard of this place called Kennesaw. It's in Georgia, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. And everybody in the whole town is by law has to have a gun in their house. Not a lot of yeah. robberies there. No, I would think so. Yeah. That's an interesting one. So yeah, just to kind of put a bow on this episode, one other thing that I didn't actually touch on is that 
right now you could get a pretty decent return on your staked Ethereum. But after the merge, it's expected that your return will increase dramatically. So I think that's something to be thinking about. If you haven't even thought about staking Ethereum, I definitely recommend that you consider checking it out because it's just a good way of make your money work for you while you're sleeping. So, okay, key takeaways here. Moving to Ethereum 2.0 is not going to impact your existing ETH. It's not going to impact your NFTs. You don't need to do anything that will happen automatically. Important. Ethereum 2.0 is going to dramatically reduce your the energy consumption on the blockchain, ma- pushing it out to be more mainstream. Okay, none of your history is lost. It's it shouldn't. It's not going to impact the blockchain from a transactional standpoint much. Transactions will be about the same speed. Gas fees will still be about the same. And then one final thought is be on high alert for scams. This industry is full of scams. When you're going through a transition like ETH to ETH two. There's going to be a lot of scams out there. People are going to be taking advantage of people that don't know what's going on. So before you log off here, I just want to encourage you, take a moment to share this out with your audience because we want to bring you good information. Take a moment, hit the share button, share it out with some people that might be confused about what's happening. We are here to help. And uh, Dragon, thanks for being here and spitting hot fire today. Awesome, man. It's always a pleasure.